Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, one quick note of housekeeping. What, is this already uh, the podcast? Yes, are you telling yes. No, I'm... T- it's the look the red lights are on so it means we're going why is there a note no but can I just give you a quick literal housekeeping note which is that our burglar alarm is on the fritz and so it is in engineers mode which means that it beeps very loudly every five minutes so so that'll wake our listeners up who are trying to get to sleep with the world's most boring podcast beep boop yes Um, yeah and we've never turned our uh, what's it called Uh, uh, we've both got hangovers too which we apologise for it's not very professional and I misuse words anyway because of the creeping onset of sin but we never used the creeping onset of sterility. Oh, that sterility. <laughs> that didn't creep, mate. That came overnight like a tsunami. Uh, 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 we never used the, 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 the um, burglar alarm. Burglar alarm. We got burgled one time and then put it in. That'll teach them. Yes, I never exactly. put it on because we have cats and we have cat sitters and we have, and no one's ever not in the house. So yeah. we've never turned it on. And then occasionally it goes on the fritz and goes bleep, bleep. Yes, that's the housekeeping. We've got a lovely running order. Show's going to be great because last week's show... I was unlistenable. Yeah, we're all really sorry. So what are we going to... Ben did his best. Who should we apologise to? I've already apologised to Ben formally on the telephone for putting him through that thing, the marital row, the massive toxicity of an... Of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a failing marriage, which the whole of last season we didn't do. We mm-hmm. got on famously for some reason. And we went right back, what was that, season nine, when we just couldn't fucking look at each other. Mm-hmm. And Ben has to do that thing where this big, tall, rugby-playing, you know, afraid of nothing, Gen Z or whatever, has to shrink and shrink and shrink. He's got his tiny little thing of dials the size of a cigarette packet, and he tries to hide behind it <laughs> while Esther and me are going, hey, bitch, fuck, fuck you, we didn't agree on this. And I can't even remember now. I did feel it was Esther's fault, but I also felt sheepish. I felt you slightly started the podcast in a way I hadn't predicted and never really forgave you. Well, that's why we did a running order this morning, so there's no nasty surprises. And it was so bad. Well, it wasn't, but last week we launched anyway. And you... I think hardcore fans of the podcast <laughs> were fine with it. Dolly Alderton sent me a herogram. She said she liked it. Why won't you go public? Okay, so we're going to start with um, where I'm off to 
in uh, in a minute. In a minute. Okay. You are. Where are you going in a minute? I am going to the uh, Jaguar Land Rover dealership up at Sorry, Staples Corner. The, the cat, cat is going absolutely horseshit. What the fuck's wrong with her? She's chasing a ghost mouse. Yeah. It's like an episode of Tom and Jerry where there's a where ghost there's mouse the... that nobody can see. It's like it's, she's doing that thing that cats sometimes do, which is sort of go bananas and just sort of streak around the house. Uh, it was it was too funny to kind of concentrate while she was doing it. Right. So it's you, not just that my you, car stories are boring for you. No, I'm fully up with the car story, as is the rest of the country, yeah. it seems. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, and it was my most commented on ever piece, so I feel people want to hear about it, and uh, may even write about it again. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. As I revealed whenever it was a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm getting rid of my electric car, it's all gone wrong, the infrastructure isn't there, it's not the way we're going to save the planet, and my particular car has been a dog, and, the re- and we're selling it, well, I have sold it, I'm going up to deliver it, uh, back to the dealership this afternoon. And the thing I'm able to say about it, as I said in the piece, is it's three years old. It's only done 12,000 miles because it's been in the fucking garage. Beep, 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 beep. Speaking so, of technical problems, there goes the burglar alarm. That was a... I'm yeah. taking it back. And I just want to say, what's happened, what happened after the I wrote that piece? It's just clicked on and on and on. There's a piece in the paper yesterday. There have been these stories that, the, that it's all true, what Corin has been saying. The infrastructure isn't there. There's a downturn in the market. This British battery company yeah, folded it's yesterday. British, British Volt has uh, folded. Um, although Alistair Osborne in The Times, who's a business commentator, thinks it wasn't much of a company to start with. So it's a has bit... He t- has he credited me with ending the electric revolution? He actually didn't say my Jealousy. Co- jealousy. <laughs> Simple Jealousy. He should have credited me with bringing but it Alice all down. Alice is a very, very handsome man. What's is he? To be just, yeah, look at him. He's got mean? a very nice byline photo. Oh, he's right your type, all tall with his fair hair and his suit. He's got nice spectacles. You can only see him from the shoulder up. You can't see the bits that you really care about. Which is his Exactly. <laughs> Which is, you have to delete it. I don't know. I know nothing about Alistair Osborne. Uh, uh, I read him sometimes and he's excellent, but he hasn't accredited me with bringing down the British electric car industry. So He said, but let's face it, British Volt wasn't much of a company. Okay, but the point is, it's yet another story. You know, did you see the sales of these electric vehicles are down? Yep. Jaggy was apparently getting rid of the I-Pace, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm just going to say, because I was so annoyed... This thing that happened is I'm taking my car back for the price that we agreed 10 days ago. And I spoke to the salesman on the phone. I won't name him or the dealership or even the amount. And I said, I'm bringing it in tomorrow um, for for the sale. And he said, yes, just about the price. Yes, the price we agreed is fine. Yeah, we're going to give you less. And I went, no, you're not. We agreed a price. When when gentlemen agree a price on the telephone for 39,000, you pay. He said, I'll just put you on hold. I said, if you put me on hold. And then I issued a threat, of which I'm not proud. I can't even remember what it was, but I didn't swear. And I'm, I'm a... going to put it in the newspaper. Fuck off, fuck I'm off. going to put it in the newspaper. <laughs> if you don't give me my money, I'm going to write about you in the newspaper. I want for the no, time. I said something like, you will be sorry. I was a bit more <laughs> Maximus Decius Meridius. I was a bit more, I will be revenged in this life no, or the we next. we were all listening. Uh, all of the neighbours and everyone. Well, I had to go in the garden because there's no fucking reception here. I had here. to go in the garden because you were shouting so loudly. Yeah, and it was very cold and I had to end it very quickly. I had to shout loudly to warm it. Anyway, and I said, if you, ha- if you pu- put me on on hold it's over and it went on for and on for a bit and eventually he said okay okay we'll pay thirty nine thousand. and and because i can see you care so much about it and i go not so much that i care it's that that's what we agree but anyway massive respect to him for actually 
why is it respect for paying me the price I agreed? Anyway, it confirmed that I wanted to get rid of it, that he tried to worm out of paying the, 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 the fixed price. Mm. And anyway, in... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Like, used car dealer in, like, <laughs> trying to pay you less shock. Yeah, I know. But anyway, but h- half an hour from now, I'm going to be going up the so road this, so... to, to, to uh, give my, my electric car. Uh, and, uh, and I believe that electric cars are possibly over and it may be down to me. And I, I'm sorry. Talking of apologies... We want to talk about Jeremy Clarkson, but it's quite difficult to talk about Jeremy no. Clarkson because Jeremy Clarkson, uh, you know, he is, uh, he's not our sort of bosom buddy. but He we, is our friend. But he is definitely our friend. And he is also, you know, he works for the Sunday Times and he works for the Sun, sister papers of, of, of the Times. And we also completely understand, both of us understand, what it means to be a columnist like Jeremy, me adjacently because I'm not a columnist. And me like because Jeremy. I'm a pound shop Jeremy and Clarkson. And you because everybody calls you a pound shop Jeremy Not Clarkson. everybody. Many people call you a pound shop. Some. If they don't really understand what Jeremy Clarkson stands for and they don't really understand what you stand for, they call you a pound shop Jeremy Clarkson. I'd like to think of myself as a Waitrose Rod Little. Yeah. But they. anyway, look, so we we like Jeremy. We see Jeremy at parties. Jeremy has always been supportive. He's always stuck up for you. Yeah, he's always always stuck up for me. He's always been supportive to me. My dad was a fan of his. He was a fan of my dad's. My mum loves Jeremy, largely because they smoke together at parties. I think Jeremy's now given up. He doesn't have a smoke for years. No, not years. No, no, and he still chews the Nicorette. No, no, he has it. At a party, he said to me, someone said, have you got a fag, Jeremy? And he turned around and he said, I haven't smoked a cigarette for five years. That's his medical insurance. He's told them that. Jeremy, he stopped quite recently but anyway no but so look and I, I, I'm not going to go like team Jeremy and because I'm not going to step out and help him partly because in a in a, in a, in a Twitter squall A I'm a fucking minnow compared to Jeremy but also nobody wants Giles Corrin's help mm-hmm. nobody needs Giles Corrin coming in and uh, availing themselves of the things that I've done in the past uh, but there is a and, I, and also it's dangerous to offer any defence because the power of the this bizarre power of the Meghan and Harry lobby Mm. online to bring people down um even though their their sort of public approval rating in the uk is like rock rock bottom they are able to rehabilitate susan hussey who is the sort of royal aide who asked ngozi fulani where are you from we're talking about megan and harry themselves megan and harry themselves no no not exactly not their lobby but but in his interview i think with uh tom bradby he said yeah susan hussey's lovely you know megan likes her she's great so so she'll get her job back she's fine but this is but jeremy clarkson not okay but this is what's interesting about the approval ratings that Everyone, the approval ratings of Meghan and Harry are right down, but they have the left. They really do have the Corbynite momentum millennial left because you can beat the establishment for racism using them. So that's why they they, they get behind um, uh, Meghan and Harry. So I think Jeremy probably has suffered. You know, he's yes, he'll do fine. He'll make another series. He'll be paid lots of money. He's, he's fine. People, I think people have forgotten that he was joking. It wasn't a great joke. It was an unpleasant thing to read in, a, in, in any sort of climate. It appeared on one level to be advocating violence against a woman of, a, of an appalling sort. But he didn't mean it. OK, it wasn't a great... You know, one shouldn't joke about it unless one thinks one, should, one can joke about anything. Jeremy has made a joke. He didn't mean it. It was hyperbole. It's fucked up. Someone sort of caught it along the way. Everyone complained around the time of the Leveson inquiry that the press regulator Ofcom? 
<laughs> was that was that it? Is it still around? Anyway, that it was toothless. Or ips, yeah. Or it, it's, whatever. It's now that now it's called yeah. Ipsos. It's funny, given how much dealing I have with these people, it's weird. I can never remember the name. Yeah. Uh, this is a jumble it, of consonants. Ipsos, is it? Or it, that sounds more like a thing where no, you buy cheap clothes. I don't know details. Who, details, details, details. But look, they talk about these toothless press regulators. I don't want now. The fucking press regulator is Meghan Markle. Mm. Meghan's decided no more Jeremy. Meghan's decided no more Piers. Meghan's decided Susan Hussey's all right. Yeah. What does Meghan think about me? Uh, well, what, uh, um, what what you think about Meghan is that she is a very intelligent, excellent person, and you're a big fan, an incisive thinker, uh, uh, <laughs> a great wife, um, a, a not, bo- not not an archetype. Or a stereotype. Born to be a princess because... Born leader. She's a leader. She's a leader of things. It's so important that she speaks up for the dispossessed and the unenfranchised and the... Exactly. And the, the and, intersectional and, and the wibbly-wobbly and, and the dibbly-bobbly. And they must absolutely just sock it to them. You go, Megan. Is that what we're saying? That this week I have to write a Megan for Queen. Yeah. Do you remember when the Queen, the old Queen was alive, God, the rest of her soul, everyone used, there was this talk of should we... Should she abdicate for Charles? Or should they bypass Charles and go straight to William to save the monarchy? No! Let's go. I'm going to say Meghan for Queen. Yeah. That'll finally get the millennials on Meg- my side. Meghan for president. What are the great Also, about- the president should have a wellness brand. And it should be run by Meghan. And she should do it. The funny thing is, you are a Meghan fan or were. Massive well, Suits fan. I can't... I, we can't I, tell the listeners again. I can't... Have I, I... I think Ben's cut out this anecdote every single time I've told <laughs> is it. Is that true, Ben? Can we let it in I this think time? so. Can I did. I'm not going to say do, very, very quickly. I met Megan. It was great. I've got. A I'm photo. not going to do the full anecdote, but I met Megan and she was absolutely delightful. And she had a friend with her who was a lawyer, and they'd both come from America. And she was, without question, and I include Michael McIntyre in this. She was one of the funniest people I've ever met. And I thought, listen, Megan, if you are friends with this chick, you must be. And she was wearing the most beautiful. She's dress. cutting it out because you're love bombing the, the fucking lawyer. No one gives a shit about. You met Megan and she was great. Yeah, but by your friends may a person be judged. And she had to, she had this very yeah, this wicked, very funny friend. And she was a nobody, you know, she was just this person in suits. And you made her. I made her what? Cry. No, no I ma- didn't I didn't make her, her cry. No, made her. I didn't make her. made me. Megan because we, no, we, no, we, we, we she that's her first that's how she got into the media. We, she hadn't met Harry then. She later met Harry because of us. Anyway, um, <laughs> she didn't, can I just clarify that? There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer, rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Don't let them eat cake. Today in the Times, which is a Wednesday, sweet treats in the office are like passive smoking, says food standards chief. Bringing cake into the office should be seen as harmful to your colleagues in the same way as passive smoking. Britain's top food watchdog has said... Totally agree. Oh, yeah? Totally, totally agree. One of the reasons why I'm very pleased I don't work in an office anymore is office cake. In the 90s, in the early 90s, in British, in sort of English-British girls' schools, there were certain people, and I don't know if it was just a London thing or if, it was, if it's a kind of nationwide thing, but you, there, were, there were certain girls that you would encounter who one would term feeders girls who had very very restrictive diets self-imposed very restrictive diets but that wasn't enough they also wanted you to eat the cake so they they had restricted diets because they wanted to be thin but they also but they wanted other people to eat the cake cake to be i don't know if they wanted them to eat the cake and be and put on weight or if they wanted people to eat the cake because they wanted to participate in the act of eating the cake, but not actually eating the cake. They wanted to see someone. Okay. You know how sometimes you look at the kids and they're eating a bowl of Cheerios and they're going scrunch, 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 and you look at them and think, mm, that looks really delicious and yummy, and there you are just going scrunch. And it's almost, watching them eat it is almost almost as good as eating it yourself. Um, yeah, okay, look, fine. I take that. I hear, it's lovely to hear about the stuff that goes on in girls' schools in the 90s. But that's a specific thing. They're just specific thing. That's an interesting take on it. What the report is talking about is talking about the obesity crisis. And this is, this is a fun thing that the, or the Times has decided it's front page worthy. They're talking about obesity. We are the most obese nation mm. in Europe or something. Yeah, it's 62. But people bringing well, cake yeah. into No, I know, so I know, my love. But it's not about feed. That's an interesting thing. But what they're talking about is people who bring the cake into the office and everyone has some cake. Because there are people, go, people who are trying to they go oh I have people really in truth that's very true Esther but also people bring cake in to be nice I can talk of Times Radio when we Ben and I used to work there there would be cake are they being no, nice no darling though? yes they are being nice okay no, I do this is just my this is okay, just my alternative okay point. Ben are they being nice yes yeah I mean I, I <laughs> fine thank you Ben and, uh, and no but darling and, but. No, but I do hear that let me also talk about what the, the foods are means go can on, I, then. as well if you're I'm listening, so, I'm listening she's talking about people bringing cake in she's talking about this other thing which gets your goat you're welcome to sound off on this she's talking about the treat mentality oh it's a little bit of cake which you and I are on the record we just don't like the thought of food being d- d- regarded like that for, to me it's a mystery because I do not like cake so for me so it's meant to be this people are up in arms about this saying but it's great fun you bring in a cake to the office everyone has a slice I feel I hate cake. I have no sweet tooth. And I feel when they bring in a cake, I used to happen at times radio, they bring somebody's birthday, here's it, have a slice of cake. And I go, I don't really want a slice. Oh, just take one. I, I don't like cake. I don't have a sweet tooth. I don't like the taste of cake. It makes me disgusting. You do quite often take a bite of cake and go, bleh. Even, I can't I eat. I can attest Even the that. nicest, I can't eat it. Glass of wine, different story. Mm. Pizza, different. Bring in a fucking cheesy pizza, whoever's it is, and I'm elbowing orphans out of the way <laughs> to get to the pizza with a nice sliver of anchovy on. And a pint. I can't. Ben will also attest, if someone 
if we had some booze producer who came in, put it, make the segment last, because I can't just have a little nibble of the, his delicious spirit. It's, it's all yeah. over for me. So I understand lack of willpower. I don't have it around cake. Mm. Um, it, but imagine if you did. Yeah, so then this is this is about um I have no I have no willpower around cake. Cake and white wine. I, 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 it's it, why we have neither in the house because I don't why, want you fat or drunk. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, I don't bring cake into uh, every single time I go to the shops up the road, I think, oh, I'll just get myself a box of Frere Rocher. And then I go, no, don't get the box of Frere Rocher because you'll sit and eat all of them in one go. The only time that I eat cake, or the only time I crave sugar is when very drunk. Drunk, yeah. So, and a red wine drunk, which is yeah. my, you know, a good bottle of claret with all those tannins. It, it, mm. it really takes away all the fat out of your mouth. It blows your blood sugar. And then I, then I want cake. Now, I used... That, but that, and I know that makes cake bad because that's me at my worst. When I mm. was in that state once upon a time, what I wanted was hard drugs and a fumble in the loo with a stranger. Uh, <laughs> none of the, those things are all off the table in my present life now. So, uh, so I, I think it's like some shitty Sarah Lee with like Moreno cherries on the. Um, um, um. Yeah. The thought there are people out there who feel like that about cake even when they're sober. Uh, oh it's an God, obesity yeah, crisis no, right there. Yes, exactly. And they should, yeah. they should, they should not let it And it's be. really, really, if you are a sort of sugar addict, as I am, and I've tried re- I'm trying really hard to eat no processed sugar at the moment, and it's going okay because I just eat fruit instead. But I'm total, I mean, sugar is a, is a real problem for me. And when I, because people do talk about office cake quite a lot. You know, it's, oh, it's really hard to resist all the office cake. I just think, uh, yeah, I would just eat off it. I would just eat all, like one sliver at a time. Oh, just a little bit. Just really? A little bit, just a bit. Yes. But yes. You feel yes, sad yes. about yourself, and it's horrid. About well, you. but wait, if, wait, the thing is, the thing is, Giles, when you are an addict, it's complicated because you you want it and you have it and you love it, and your brain says to you, "This is not a piece of cake. This is not a glass of very cold white wine. This is your friend." And I think that that is what, and I completely agree with her. And I, I just, I do think, I, I think, I think there are a couple of sinister things going on here. I think the first thing is that I, re, I do think feeders do still exist in offices. They don't want to eat it, but they want other people. They to need eat to do it. a test of the BMI of people who bring cakes in. They need to do a massive test of yeah. ten thousand people. How fat or thin? Are they, <laughs> exactly. Do they come waddling in with their cake, no. or do they go clack clack clackety clack, yeah. little tiny skinny people? Yeah, exactly. And then they go, well, and then you eat the cake. And also the other, the other thing I think is going on is, is that. They want to eat the cake and have the cake, but they want everybody else to eat the cake as well. Because as, you know, as sort of basically pack animals, we want everyone to be doing the same thing. So it it kind of validates our our choices. And that's why, and that's why, I mean, this is a very lateral point and not for your column and a bit pointless and maybe Ben will cut it out. Probably but, not for the podcast. But, but, but it, it's, it's one of the reasons why... Uh, the, the the breastfeeding versus formula debate is so m- completely deranged. It's because breastfeeding and babies and stuff is a thing that people think everybody else has to do this to validate my choice. And obviously, you know, the way that you feed your children is quite a emotionally charged subject so the formula people are very very defensive about their choice and the, and the and the breastfeeding people are very very defensive about their choice i mean no one cares about the breast versus formula debate now that's very all very 2005 yeah ben cut this to make room for the thing i'm about to say okay go on then um which is are we going to draw a distinction between i think we should bought cake and made cake because i was thinking yes, about the point. cake that is made and sent to test match special the radio four slash five live uh Cricket commentary. Oh, Fam- yes, they have famously, a made cake. people, yeah. you know, Mrs. Doris something in yeah. Wolverhampton has said it's a delicious cake. Uh, and, and it's been going on for 
50 years. I think they had their, it was the 50th anniversary of the first cakes. Now, those are people, they're being nice. This is ladies at home. I don't know what they look like, but this is ladies at home baking cakes and sending the Test Match special team and they eat it and they talk about it. And it's English and we don't have a massive national cuisine, do we? We've got like, we've got some haggis, we've got the odd sausage roll, we've got a row. We have the cakes, we have cakes with tea. Um, And I think there's a nice element there. Now, I think baking a cake Mm. and bringing it into the Mm. office, you know, Mm. that's a lovely gesture because Mm. you've made it. When you've just bought a sugary processed thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I think... I think nobody really ever got fat on homemade cake. And where the, most of the obesity crisis is about processed food, I do think that the eat, buying just this Mr. Kipling, you know, yeah. bollocks, you know. Well, the sugar content is so yeah, enormous exactly. in those things. And as, you, you know, those you know those, those twins, the Van Tolleken twins, is that thing about UPF ultra-processed food. Even if the ultra... An, even if some ultra-processed food and some homemade food have the same amount of calories, the ultra-processed food will make you fat and the homemade food won't. I used to work at The Week magazine and every so often Katrina Fisk, a lovely Katrina, um, I do hope she's a listener, Katrina Fisk, every so often, sort of twice a year, she would bake homemade blueberry muffins and she made them herself and they were absolutely delicious, totally homemade, not particularly a feeder, although I noticed she never ate one. And she would bring them in and she would make six nice big muffins and share them around. I don't think... And everyone was very thin at the week. So if you know Katrina Fisk or are her, you'll have found that fascinating. So Katrina Fisk, interestingly, she was... What, she, <laughs> that, that was not was an like invitation to so tell us more about Katrina fucking the, Fisk. It was one of the Dan- it's one of those Danish names where, the, where, where, where her surname was not capitalised. It was Katrina... Two small f's. It's not Fisk. Danish. It's just Old English. Is it? Yeah. For Fisk? Like Fuchs. Has that got no capital? Depends how you spell it, but for, it double F, yeah. F-F-I-S-K-E. Yeah, double F. So weird. Double F is an ancient... For Fisk. An ancient, uh, but not capitalised. Vowels, it. It was, what? It wasn't no, capitalised. No, it's not. It's not. It's mad. It's no. the maddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so irrelevant. And in the... He- and in the... And in the... In the... In the... the Giles Corrin has no idea why you're talking about in this. In the masthead, it, uh, her name was like for Fisk. Like, should we move on? Fucking hell, yes. <laughs> should we do revisionist Henry VIII? No. Yes. Well, okay, so Henry V, there's a story in the Times yesterday. Henry VIII, not Henry V. Did I say Henry V? Sorry, I just really fancy Henry V. I've just got Henry V on the mind. So Henry VIII is... I'm totally obsessed with Henry V. Henry VIII was disabled, trust decides. Uh, The National Trust has added Henry VIII to a video of disabled people from the nation's history. Henry VIII's inclusion will surprise many as he was known to be a vigorous sportsman when young. His disability came about after a jousting incident in January 1536 when Henry was 44. His horse landed on him, crushed his legs, plagued with ulcers, hampered his mobility for the rest of his life. Right. And he got incredibly fat. So... You know about the, Henry VIII. The National Trust is desperate to be inclusive, and it's quite hard because basically the National Trust has has responsibility for ancient posh houses in the countryside uh, where old white people go to have a cup of tea and look at paintings and, and eat the, cake. And eat cake. And the National Trust is trying to be so. And obviously, you know, disabled access is important, but to, to National Trust properties and all of that stuff like that. It, Henry VIII was disabled. Henry VIII sort of. Um, I wonder if we could then... The point is, if Henry VIII was disabled, should we now cut him some slack? Well, what do problem. I want to did, know did, from you? What I want yeah. to know from you, because you are an expert on Henry VIII, is yeah. that what, he didn't start this kind of mega head-chopping exercise... Until, yes. Until he was a bit older. Yes, he beca- Yes, exactly. So he had this hunting incident. It never quite... Uh, accident, Jousting it never incident. Quite, 
I, it was. I think it might have been jousting with Henry Norris, who was his best mate, and he came off the horse, and he he used to joust and sort of not wear all the uh, the. Um, the it's funny because at school, what it was shagging. No, no, it was wanking. If you yeah. were just uh, jousting, yeah, was was, was I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just some, thank you for some some delicious public school. Sorry, it's just, oh, yeah, hi Esther. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, walks. I jousted about you last night. Um, Bloody hell! No, they well, that, have I got that. that yes, yeah. jousted about you. Lots of fucking hell. It's like you've never been in a public school, right? Okay, uh, go go go. Keep going. Um, so he jousted with his friend Henry Norris. <laughs> <laughs> do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. But Once you now see what? It, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Uh, yeah, well, he was always jousting. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he, and the point is, they tried to stop him jousting because he's the king now. And they said, you're the king. You can't him to go jousting. Because obviously, we all know if you joust too much, you go blind. <laughs> no, no. If you joust too much, you can die. And also, he didn't wear... Henry, which is one of the reasons I love him, thought that armour was a bit wussy. Right. So he didn't wear... He wore foot, the head armour and stuff. But he didn't... He used a proper lance and stuff like that for his jousting. Uh, <laughs> and, he felt, and the point is, you didn't, they didn't have very good medicine then. And uh, it ulcerated. And he had this yeah. seeping, suppurating wound. That's horrible. And this happened when he was, God, I think he's in his mid-30s. He was still married no, to... No, no, the accident happened when he was 44. So when he, he, the, the accident happened when he was 44 in what year? 1536, says. Uh, which is the year that he um, executed Anne Boleyn. Um, so, uh, well, it happened in January 1536. Yep, and later that year he executed he, Anne Boleyn. But there we go. Yeah. Oh, look, look, look. No, look, this is major. I'm sure I'm not the first person to have noticed it. He would have been in a fucking bad mood. Yeah. Um, he he he, uh, he had been sort of handsome and uh, and well, by fourteen forty by forty four he would have been getting heavy. But yes, he got heavy. He couldn't walk. He had to be sort of carried around on, in, in a wheelbarrow, basically. Uh, and but I'm just but it's it's but the point is but if you apply modern sensitivities, so one of the things with Henry VIII is by modern standards. You know, he's basically out of, you know, everyone thinks he was ghastly. Well, everyone always has thought he was ghastly. But um, if you say he, had, if you think he only basically uh, dis- dissociated the church from Rome and executed all those wives and stuff like that because he was disabled, you know, cut him some slack. Give him a well, sort of historical no, wait, blue wait, wait, badge. Wait, wait. You know? So the, so the, so the, so the, cutting, the cutting ties with Rome was pre the accident because he did that in order to marry Anne Boleyn. Because but the, the dissolution of the monasteries, though, would have been a bit later. But the pop, but the killing of but, all the monks. But stuff. listen, who said what? How is I? I, I remember. I remember. If they just put in some ramps, he'd have been really happy. Or, or can you imagine how ap- horrific that must have been? You sort of separating ulcers on your legs, being cured with leeches and sort of garlic poultices. You would have been in a fe- filthy mood. And also, who's to say that he didn't sustain a bang on the head when he, when he was crushed by his horse? I remember years ago, there was a revisionist piece in the paper about the Red Baron. Okay, You remember the mighty Red... What was his actual name? He had some German name, Von obviously. Richthofen. Von Richthofen, okay. Von Richthofen. World War One Flying Ace. World War One Flying Nemesis Ace. Snoopy. Baronet Baron von Richthofen sustained Manfred von Richthofen. Ma- Manfred von, von Richthofen. Baron Manfred von Richthofen. You will get my name right, bitch. She, he sustained a bang to the head, which made him completely fearless. Why he? Is that right? Yes, bollocks. It's, no, it's not bollocks. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Look no. it up now. Google it now. Don't Google Manfred von Richthofen bang on head. You will find it. Manfred von Richthofen. Jouster extraordinaire. I'm not looking it up. Okay, if you think he had that's a true, knock that's on true. the head, which made him, which made him sort of, sort of psychopathic and not fear of death, mm. not afraid of death. Of course he did. I fucking hate <laughs> you. You are an f- absolute pest. And it made him fearless, and that's why he was so, so good okay. at flying. Maybe Henry VIII not only sustained, had this horrific injury to his leg, but also a bang on the head, which made him 
in a terrible, terrible, terrible mood because it can change your personality about the head, head and yeah. he cut everyone's head off. I think, right, look, listen, I'm sure we're, I'm not the first person to notice this. No, you're not. Uh, but I used Damn. to do, when I was the Times a diary editor, I used to do a series of things called Fascinating Historical Questions to which the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I find them always in Daily Mail and Daily Express <laughs> yeah, exactly. headlines. And they would always say, and they, they, I think it began with, was King Arthur a... Moroccan builder <laughs> brought to Britain by the Romans to build Hadrian's Wall. No, no, no fuck off. No. And um, is this Viking? Yeah, the descendant. But of... no, but one, but one. I think one of the one of my favourite ones was: Did Hitler's bad teeth cause the Holocaust? <laughs> Uh, and it's a fucking hell. I mean, look, speaking as a Jew and a survivor of Holocaust things and the six million, let's not, even if it was, can we pretend it was something bigger than that and more yes, instructional than Jews? Oh, oh, this is my fucking molars. Kill the Jews. Mm. No, it, it's, but it was, no, but the idea that, so you do get very bad historical men. They sometimes, like Hitler's bad teeth made him in a bad mood with the mm. Jews. Uh, we could go for bang on the head. I would then, if I was writing a column, have to go funny. I would have to go, it was, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, William the Conqueror had piles, which is why, he, you know, <laughs> and Vlad the Impaler. That's Terrible another, psoriasis. It's, it, it, the, Vlad the Impaler is another jousting one, isn't it? You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a wireless studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on the Times Radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.